Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Now, um, today, I love this, the title of this talk, Five Keys to Restoring Your Health and Getting Off the Prescription Addiction. Okay, we're going to get you healthy. And now, um, the censored portion will be on the Dr. BVIP uh, tonight. And God bless all of those that are supporting us because since we've been demonetized and shadow banned, um, it, your help and support is appreciated. And also Extreme Health Academy, you can still get on there for two weeks using Bergman 14 as your guide. <coughs> and we also are going to be on Library, Bitshoot, Odyssey, Rumble, I mean everything. You've got to get the information out there. Now, with the AB2098, that was passed, and so California, as California goes, so goes the nation. That means it's illegal okay for any physician now your gas station attendant and the person that works at the hardware store can give their opinion all they want but if a medical doctor gives um, uh, misinformation or disinformation anything different than what the government uh, tells him he could lose his license yeah no problem there okay so let's go over. I am not going to follow that because the government, if you, if it, anyone understands, just think back two and a half years ago, two weeks to flatten the curve. Has any of their interventions been of a positive nature where people are healthier and happier and more prosperous? Uh, no. So let's know what we do know. There is an innate inborn intelligence in the body, and this is a fact. Your body is self-healing and self-regulating. That is a fact. And 97 to 99% of all disease-like symptoms are really an intelligent adaptive response to physical, chemical, or emotional stress. And, and think of like blood pressure, tumors, cholesterol, and genetic expression how you're going to express those genes is determined by your environment. And you perceive your environment through the nervous system. And this is how your system works. Now, you've got one nerve that supplies all your gastrointestinal tract. And this is called a vagus nerve. And this vagus nerve goes in and supplies the entire, we're talking every motility, excretion, absorption, everything. But that's only 10% of its function. 90% of its function is in sensory input. So this means digestion is also called the gut-brain connection. So digestion is everything, and you live your life through your nervous system. So if you're in a stress state, and there's only three stressors, physical, chemical, or emotional, um, so we've got to get um, that nervous system checked. But let's see how good the Center for Disease Control and Prevention are doing. Uh, do we have the healthiest population by following their advice, or is the sickest animal population on the planet? Well, number one, six out of ten adults in the U.S., that's 60% in adults, have a chronic illness or disease they'll never recover from. <clears throat> and that is going to be heart disease, cancer, COPD, strokes, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, or chronic kidney disease. Four out of ten have more than one of those. Okay, so we're looking at a chronic disease epidemic in, in America. 
And why you don't see a ticker tape of this on the bottom? Because our television system is sponsored by the pharmaceutical industry, along with our government. And they are making a boatload of money. And you figure, heart disease and cancer, the top two on the CDC's chronic disease in America list, hospitals would close if they didn't have the income from the cancer and the heart disease, because these are big money makers. And now I'm just going to review the the case I had last week where, uh, I mean, you know, pleasant guy, but we're looking at lots of physical traumas and we're looking at 16 different prescriptions to handle his adaptation of the traumas. And I went through each one detailing out um, the effects of each one of those drugs. But it's mind-bogglingly stupid to be prescribing more than one medication for a short period of time because nobody knows what five drugs do or 10 drugs do or 16. I mean, it's it's called polypharmacy, uh, but the there is not common sense in the medical world to look at how the body is responding. Now, when we look at a journal article, Comprehensive Physiology, now this is 2004, about eight years ago, quote, Further understanding the regulatory mechanisms linking the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and its immune system uh, is critical for understanding relationships between chronic disease development and immune system-associated changes in autonomic nervous system functioning. Uh, In English, that means that when you're looking at chronic disease, which is the epidemic that we have, you have to look at the nervous system that regulates that. Now, knowing that 80% of the immune system, 80 to 90% is in the gut, anything that changes the gut can damage your immune system response. So when we look at this, um, the high blood pressure medications, angina, um, asthma, sedatives, anxiety medications, antibiotics, antidepressants, nitroglycerin, osteoporosis medications, pain relievers, that means every Advil, Motrin, and cholesterol drugs. All of these can damage your gut, every one. Now, that's huge since that's most of the immune system. We also know, and this was, this was a brilliant article published on the online library at Wiley, um, and I've got the limp, but medication-induced mitochondrial damage and disease. Um, damage to mitochondria. Now, mitochondria are the little powerhouses of the cell. Anything that negatively affects mitochondrial function negatively affects your entire body. Okay, And this is why a lot of neurotoxins were aimed at the mitochondria, because once you shut down the energy of the cells, the cells stop producing energy. And um, damage to mitochondria is now understood to play a role in pathogenesis of a wide range of seemingly unrelated disorders, such as, get ready for the list, schizophrenia, bipolar disease, dementia, Alzheimer's, epilepsy, migraines, strokes, neuropathic pain, Parkinson's, coronary artery disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, hepatitis C, diabetes. Think of that. All of those conditions are linked to mitochondrial damage. Now, medications can actually cause damage to the mitochondria. 
what kind of drugs damage the mitochondria that are linked to that list of diseases, cholesterol-lowering drugs, analgesics such as Tylenol, and many others. So if you're not like, oh my gosh, maybe I should not take a prescription approach to my health, um, if this still hasn't done it for you, Okay, here's one out of the Journal of the American Medical Association, 2006. Higher blood pressure had lower death rates. And that kind of makes sense if you're, if you're using common sense. Because when you're looking at damage to the arteries, damage to the heart, damage to the blood vessels, don't you think that maybe your pressure should increase? Or if the blood's not efficient at holding oxygen, Shouldn't it be increased? Well, here it is. Taliter rates were four times higher for those with systolic pressures of less than 120 in comparison to those who had um, systolic numbers of over 161. And these were conclusions gleaned from research on 48,000 heart failure patients in 259 U.S. hospitals between March 2003 and December 2004. So so the arbitrary number of your blood pressure should be X, okay, is not based in science. We also know the University of Alabama. And I'm just going to cut out across a couple of these. Um, they found out that your risk of stroke goes increased by every third uh, every time you take a blood pressure medication. Three or more medications, 240% increased risk of stroke. Um, and you got to look at blood, um, like type 2 diabetes. Is that a disease or is that an adaptation to stress? Understand that type 2 diabetes is a blood poisoning. This is 95% of all diabetics. And it can be controlled 100% utilizing uh, diet, exercise, and reducing the stress level. Because if you use um, glucose-lowering medications, um, if you lower blood glucose 9%, you have a 19% increase in mortality, cardiovascular death. We know cholesterol-lowering drugs cause heart failure and damage. We know taking the aspirin a day uh, actually damages people. We know that people are diagnosed with heart failure that includes and, and give it a treatment regime of blood thinners like aspirin or Coumadin could be putting their heart under, under major or their health in way more danger. And this, let me listen to this or, or read this part. And this is at the American Heart Journal, 2004. Based on the results of the study, experts said that treatment of heart failure involving a multitude of drugs that proved to be ineffective should be eliminated as a treatment option. Think of that. You've got a medical system that's prescribing medications that are ineffective in correcting the actual problem. And this should be eliminated, quote, um, involving uh, treatment of heart failure involving a multitude of drugs that proved to be ineffective should be eliminated as treatment option. And I know you were thinking, ineffective therapy sounds like a good idea to me. So let's look at this. Physical, chemical, and emotional stress. Physical stress is going to be structural and neurologic correction. That's identifying and correcting it. 
chemical stress, you're looking at oral chelation, IV chelation, saunas. Your body detoxes through respiration, perspiration, pooping and peeping. And also, uh, poor sleep patterns is a chemical stress. And then how can you fix emotional stress? Well, that's neurolinguistic programming, cerebellar stimulation, cross-crawl. Um, and, and it's going to seem too simple. And this is what I get when I talk to a lot of patients. Um, but look at the Bible. Um, how do you make a door open? You knock. And if you want something, what do you have to do? You have to ask. You know, ask and it's given. Knock and the door opens. It can't be that simple. Now, I'm going to go over our exam because one of the things that we do in our exam, we do a neural nerve scan. We do structure analysis, we do full body thermography or full torso thermography, and then we do um, a, a CBC or complete blood cell count or a live blood cell count at our clinic in Huntington. So this is looking at the physical, chemical stressors, and, and it gives us an objective analysis where we can actually measure those stressors. So hugely important. Now, let's just look at cancer. Cancer is a metabolic disorder, not genetic. And, and there is multiple, multiple studies that identify that cancer is a met metabolism disease. So um, some, fact, some of the factors, we're looking at age, vaccination, medical interventions, all, all increased cancer, low oxygen, tissue damage, uh, environmental toxins, radiation, and carcinogens. Okay, most cancers, regardless of cell or tissue origin, um, is a singular disease of respiratory insufficiency, coupled with compensatory fermentation. There are not really hundreds of types of cancers that need to be studied separately. There's a common mechanism for treating all cancers. Isn't that interesting? So it's literally cellular processes. Now, um, when we look at what you're exposed to, um, and this is Endocrine Review, 2009, the title of the article is Endocrine Disrupting Chemicals, an Endocrine Society Scientific Statement. Now, the first scientific statement by the Endocrine Society, um, quote, we present the evidence that endocrine disruptors have effects on male and female reproduction breast development, cancers, prostate cancers, neuroendocrinology, thyroid metabolism, obesity, and cardiovascular endocrinology. These results from animal models, human clinical observations, and epidemiologic studies converge to implicate endocrine disrupting chemicals as a significant concern to public health. Uh, end of quote. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Because when we're looking at cancers, 100 years ago, affected 2% of the population. Now it's affecting 50% of the population. Um, and, and here's one out of the Journal of Toxicology. Glyphosate-based herbicides are toxic and endocrine disruptors in all human cells. Um, and, and again, think of glyphosate. This is sprayed on every corn product. That means every time you're getting... Um, genetically modified high fructose corn syrup. You're getting glyphosates. Glyphosates, which is an herbicide, it de they use it to spray in all the wheat crops to desiccate or dry them up 
so it can increase harvest production. So you're spraying a cancer-causing agent on these. So what can you do? Ten things um, to cut your cancer risk in half. And here's some really, really simple things. And I, I recommend the truthaboutcancer.com, uh, genetically modified foods, okay, eliminate those. And this is 90% of our corn and soy are genetically modified. Microwave popcorn is toxic. What you can do is get organic popcorn and cook it yourself with a little bit of organic coconut oil. Um, a lot of canned goods are lined with bisphenol A or BPA. And this literally genetically alters brain cells of rats. Now, if you're going to grill red meat, okay, the burnt parts of the meat where it's super well done actually does have certain amines in there that can, that can lead to cancer. Refined sugar, that's a biggie. Um, it's smoked foods because typically they d contain nitrates, carbonated vegetables, sodium, anything that's fruit, um, sweetened with high fructose corn syrup. Uh, aside from which, there's colors and dyes and everything. White flour, fantastically toxic. Farm fish, 60% of all salmon consumed in the United States comes from farming. Now, these are loaded with antibiotics, pesticides, <coughs> leukemia viruses in a lot of the, of the fish oils. And then hydrogenated vegetable oils. This stuff is chemically poisoned. So if you see hydrogenated vegetable oils, they're putting that in there to make the food less attractive to bacteria so it has a longer shelf life. Um, just avoid that. Now, what can you do to reduce your cancer? Um, number one thing, every fruit and vegetable contains things that inhibit cancers, and they're called um, NFKB inhibitors. Uh, NFKB stands for Nuclear Factor Kappa Lyta Chain Enhancer of Activated B Cells. Now, there's a protein complex found in almost all animal cell types and involved in cellular responses to stress. Now, if you cause this to be activated, uh, fantastic. You're, you can, it's linked to cancer, atherosclerosis, heart attack, diabetes. And I know I'm not reading off of the list of the Center for Disease Control, which diseases that they're responsible for our population. Um, this is from not getting enough fruits and vegetables. Osteoporosis, psoriasis, septic shock, AIDS. Um, there's even, they found BT toxin, which is a toxin in the um, pollen of corn plants. They were shocked to find it in pregnant women. It's like they were shocked to find the mRNA, okay, the little protein vesicles from the, the shot. Uh, now it's in breast milk. Yeah, so, you know, if you think that science is one-sided, you know, like the California government, that there's only one opinion and there's a consensus. Understand the BT toxin was never supposed to get in the human um, digestive tract. It was supposed to be broken down by the cow, fed the cow, but this toxin survived the cow's digestion, was embedded in the meat, survived the cooking process, um, got into the mom's digestive tract, into the bloodstream, into the lymph flow, and now it's in breast milk. Okay, so 
<coughs> knowing that the Bt toxin negatively affects the digestive tract of insects, do you think it can negatively affect human beings? Unknown. Knowing that the mRNA attaches to reproductive organs in the adult human, and it's obviously got into the lymph of the blood, now it's found its way into breast milk, could that negatively affect the child? Again, unknown. Now, Pitocin, and this is something they give the majority of, of births, okay, there's a causal connection between oxytocin, which is the Pitocin, um, and, and behavioral disorders such as autism. And this can be supported from a molecular perspective. So we know that if you have Pitocin, and this initiates in uterine contractions, that there's a 60% increased risk of autism. Um, and again, when we're looking at autistic, uh, although this is probably an article that I can't put in tonight, um, environmental factors on the prevalence of autistic disorder after 1979. They say that children vaccinated with the MMR, varicella, and hepatitis A vaccines, um, that autistic disorders change point years are coincident um, with the introduction of vaccines manufacturing utilizing human fetal cell lines containing fetal and retroviral contaminants in childhood vaccine regimes or regimens. And thus, the, the rising autistic disorder prevalence is directly related to vaccines manufactured utilizing human fetal cells. That's kind of scary. Now, we also have a warning um, by senior scientists at MIT that by 2025, and that's just three years from now, half of all children will be diagnosed autistic. Now, this statistic is old. This is from 2014. Now, one of the interesting is that, that we've had three years of propaganda that is not mentioning autism, uh, but they are trashing the world's economy. So just think of, of like right now, currently, the Social Security Administration. Um, according to Social Security and autism, 6% of adults um, with autism work full-time. That means 94% don't. Many lack the skills to live alone. Um, and the federal government does not require school systems to provide education for students older than 18. And some states have that um, school education requirement extended to 21. But when you're 22 years old and you're autistic, man, you're all on, the, on your dad's dime. Okay, your mom's time. You, you, there is no support for you. So that's the state of America. So let's get you healthy. Number one, you've got to get your nervous system checked. And that means x-rays, heart rate variability, live blood cell thermography. Those things do it. Now, they, they identify and correct. Then you have an objective analysis. Number two, regular exercise daily. Inactivity kills. Okay, you have got to get your nervous system working correctly. Absolutely. Now, when we look at how exercise helps older brains, when we're talking about, uh, and I'm talking about exercise every day, 
um, when you're looking at blood pressure drugs, they decrease oxygen in the brain. Exercises increases it. When you're talking about all the genetically modified foods, all the toxins that you're exposed to, exercise literally in, and we're talking moderate intensity, not, not super high intensity, um, you can reverse brain loss and reverse damage from normal aging. Um, and what you got, should do is do resistance training first and aerobic training second. Now, proper nutrition. This means if man makes it, you don't eat it. Anything you take in your body will make you either healthier or sicker. I, it's, it's really that clear. You cannot eat commercially produced meats. Okay, when you look at this, they're loaded with antibiotics. Antibiotics are poisonous molds. And a lot of people are linking molds with cancers. Uh, and also, when you're looking at increased intestinal permeability, knowing that any antibiotic damages your gut flora, and the gut flora literally um, damages your entire um, immune system. But it's also linked to Parkinson's disease. <clears throat> now, this was published back in 2011. An intestine might be the early site of onset Parkinson's disease in response to environmental toxins or pathogens. And again, we got to look at fruits and vegetables. It has very, very good for you. Animal products, healthy animals are good as well. But if you're looking at plants, healthy plants can actually decrease your disease rates. When we look at oxidative stress, depletion of glutathione. Now, glutathione protects the liver and brain, powerful antioxidant. And where do you get it? From cruciferous families like um, broccoli, kale, cabbage, watercress, garlic, onions. It's fantastically good for you. Um, and now you've got to build the gut. The gut is 80 to 90% of the immune system. Um, according to the Annals of New York Academy of Science, recent studies demonstrate that probiotic bacteria have a beneficial effect in is these diseases by effectively improving the intestinal barrier. So intestinal barrier, we're looking at inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease, Parkinson's, critical illness, amazing. And then you need healthy omega-3s. Sufficient rest. Uh, I mean, healthy omega-3s. I just got, there's a fish market next to the boat where I literally get there at around 4 in the morning, and I got the best mackerel you've ever seen. And stuffed it with some garlic rice. I mean, you're talking anti-cancer. Um, sufficient rest. You've got to have sufficient rest in order to have your body regenerate. And we know that sleeping pills, there's a really good website called the dark slide of sleepingpills.com. Um, you're talking an increase in cancer if you're using sleeping pills. And then insomnia, cause and cure. This is what you've got to do. You've got to quiet the mind by journaling 15 minutes before bed. You've got to read a paper book 15 minutes before bed. Restrict your sleep to six hours per night for 21 days. Wear nightshades, put white noise on. Um, and within five days of doing that change in sleep patterns, you're going to be sleeping through the night. And we've got a five-hour course on this. Look at our Dr. B VIP. Get on there. Look at the course. Go through it because sleep patterns are hugely important.
And then finally, prayer and meditation. Um, when we look at this, the, um, the, <laughs> you have to change your mental and emotional status. And we've, we've done multiple studies where prayer and meditation actually increases your parasympathetic, which is your, your rest, digest, and repair. But if you live with love and gratitude, you're going to have full dynamic health. And it's interesting because people over 65 years old will outnumber children by 2035. First time in U.S. history, um, according to the updated projections released by the Census Bureau. So our population is getting older. We need them old and healthy. So when we talk about the five keys to health, the nerve supply, regular exercise, proper nutrition, and sufficient rest, and prayer and meditation. This is how your body regenerates. It's how your body lives. Does that make sense? And, and uh, trust me on this. You have got to take charge of your health. If you're not taking charge of it, somebody else will. Now, um, if you have had the most recent jab, make sure you're getting fish oils, omega-3s, and make sure you're getting cayenne supplements with each meal. And glutathione is hugely important. But just know there's going to be a lot of shooter's remorse. Know that your blood is brand new every 120 days. So three times a year, your blood is regenerating. And, and that's hugely important. So if you're literally regenerating your body or your blood three times a year, keep the blood healthy and you are going to be reducing your negative response to, um, to the vaccines. Carry yourself. Uh, think, <laughs> think well, eat well, move well. And that's a quote by James Chestnut, who is a, is a brilliant doctor. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.